Blessed be the name, blessed be the name of Jesus. Uh, good evening, saints. Good evening. Uh, I hope you're all good in the name of Jesus. Uh, welcome to the rooftop. Um, it's Thursday. And we are going to have uh, another session. All right. Um, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. All right, to this podcast, uh, thank you for sharing them with your friends, loved ones, colleagues, everywhere. Thank you for doing that. May God richly bless you uh, for not holding this information and actually sharing it with others. Uh, it might not be the best, but it can help somebody. It can just boost somebody's life. It can just quicken uh, somebody's life somewhere. All right, so thank you so much. Last week we could not have our session simply because I was honoring an invite uh, from Umfundi Sumusangwenya. He had asked me to do a very uh, difficult topic on addressing the office of a pastor. Well, I tried to give in my uh, own nuggets, uh, you know, from... Uh, from scripture of course i started on tuesday i did a live audio it's not a live video it's a live audio on tuesday and wednesday please check it out on my timeline on facebook and then on thursday i tried to answer the questions all right that the brethren had okay concerning that particular office please check it out you can learn a thing or two all right or you can actually correct and update and upgrade me where I actually lack. You are more than welcome to do that. You can inbox me your number or that comment, whatever that you have for me concerning that, and I'll gladly receive and appreciate and we can engage. Yeah, so thank you so much, brethren. Thank you so much. I know you are following this podcast. I know you are there and praying for me, you know. Yeah, so I want to appreciate and thank God for that. All right. So today, 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 I want us to talk about something that is simple, uh, very simple, actually, all right? And I know in the previous podcast, we've been dealing with the issues of, uh, you know, uh, inerrancy and uh, the authority and infallibility of scripture and stuff like that, you know, trying to find ways in which we can actually detect the voice of God when scriptures are silent or when scriptures seem to be contradictory and we recently learned about uh, the rational contrast of scripture where you can weigh the voice of God in a matter uh, that seem to be confusing to the brethren all right yeah so but today I'm I'm just gonna be irrational okay it's gonna be an irrational contrast in a sense that I've just came up with a theme and I have found the testimony of scripture concerning the theme that I'll be addressing today. All right. So I hope this will be a blessing and uh, it will bring much edification and comfort and exhortation in your lives, in your lives. Uh, God is real. God is powerful. Uh, God is advancing the church. The church is growing. All right. It might not grow in number. Uh, the church is not divided. The Bible declared that we are members in particular. You know, we are one body and stuff like that. So, yeah, well, I just feel God. I love Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's all you need to know. I He upholds his word above his name. I also do the same. All right.
right whatever that he does i also want to do because he is the standard of comparison okay jesus is the only standard of comparison when it comes to our faith anything that we do uh, that is not aligned with him is actually a sin okay that's what the bible says if you do anything uh, without faith it's a sin all right so he's our he's our standard of faith he's our standard of comparison we 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 compare ourselves with him we we move with him all right so the word of god carries final authority even today the word of god is greater than parental authority greater than political authority greater than ecclesiastical authority all right so your church and their fastings your church and their holiness your church and their prophets and the bishops and the apostles they are actually not above the word they are subject to the word no matter how anointed they can be all right they are all subject to the word of god so everybody is subject to the word all right uh, the word of god is is inerrant Okay, it is without fault the word of god is infallible it is trustworthy you can put your head on the block the word of god is um uh, you know it is plenary yes that's the word i'm looking for i love the word plenary okay it is complete it is sufficient it does not lack anything all right so we preach everything from genesis up to revelations every comma every full stop every word every verse that is mentioned there every covenant that is mentioned there we preach it redemptively we preach it gracefully all right we recognize the principle of grace we preach it recognizing the principle of redemption that the redemption story is still happening all right we 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 preach it covenantally recognizing the covenants and stuff like that so the word of god carries final authority it is infallible it is plenary inerrant um yeah and powerful okay immutable as well yeah so yeah we're going to do the subject for today brother yes let's dwell on that um the subject for today uh we're going to we're going to do two verses sorry we're going to do two verses uh all right the title of this message today is called petrias karigma all right petrias petrias karigma which is now peter's sermon okay and you can put there in the brackets a uh, god's exhibition okay god's exhibition when god exhibits a man when god attests a man when god approves a man when how does god approve a man of god right when god exhibits a man right is found actually in uh, petrias karigma in peter's sermon in the book of acts chapter number 2 and uh, we're going to read uh, verse 19 sorry verse 14 and verse number 22 uh, going downwards okay and then we are going to remember the scripture that we know uh, from uh, is it uh, what is it now second uh, timothy chapter 2 verse 15 all right it's very important the bible says study to show yourself approved by god okay so you're not approved by man you are approved by 
God. So the approval of your study, it should not be an approval from your pastor or your spiritual father. Well, God can use them. He can use your friends. He can use your brothers and sisters or your church or whatever to approve. But we ha- there has to be an element of God approving of your ministry and your presentation of the truth. All right. Yeah, so we're going to look at that fact on how does God actually approve a man of God, right? Study to show yourself approved, the workmen who correctly devised the word of truth. The word study there is from the word spudazo, okay, where you find the word speed, right, velocity. So when you are talking about somebody who's studying or a, a church that studies the word it's a type of a church that is increasing in speed it has mobility there's transition okay it's moving from glory to glory from one covenant to the other they are growing they are maturing because there is velocity well i pray that god may give us the church the zeal to study his word all right to study the doctrine of god well we are not called to study a theology, all right? We study the doctrine of God. We study the doctrine of God. We have to study the doctrine of God. And by so doing, we are already doing theology. And I know theology has no beginning, has no end. The doctrine of God has no beginning, has no end. That is why we do topical uh, subjects, okay? You choose the nature of God. You choose to talk about Trinity. And then the Bible gets to explain that because that's the nature of of who God is. He is eternal. Okay, he's the Alpha and the Omega. When you go to the Alpha, you're actually finding the Omega. To the Omega, you're finding the Alpha. So there's no beginning, no end. He is eternal. He's like a ring, a cycle. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So study to show yourself approved by God. Please note that. Approved by God. So the man who's supposed to be doing the approval of your ministry and your presentation of the word it should be god himself all right so the question is how does god approve okay so we are talking about attesting a man we are talking about exhibition okay to exhibit somebody you know you you can think about uh, a scenario in a police station or in a crime scene when they have an exhibit of a particular or a face of a particular uh, you know a person who has actually committed the crime when they begin to compare uh, that drawn face with his real face and they find similarities that's what you call exhibition okay you look at the nose you say the nose looks the same the eye looks the same so when god is doing an approval and attesting of a man of god he's actually doing uh, an exhibition of 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 that particular person all right so it's going to be interesting let's look at it from the book of acts all right please forgive me uh, i'm not going to do the historical account of the books okay the historical account of the individuals okay and uh, that are going to be or the characters that are mentioned in this particular text just because of time and other subjects that are actually mentioned before and after okay just to save time yeah so let's let's do x chapter number two um x number two x number two okay uh verse number verse number 14 all right 
but Peter standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice and said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. Okay? But this is what was spoken by Prophet Joel, and then he narrates the story. Then the second part, he says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Okay? He's now saying men of Israel. He's not saying men of Judah. Okay? He's saying men of Israel. And this should remind us, Basics, of the Shema. Okay? I'm going to do the Shema, the book of Deuteronomy 6.3, perhaps next week, and, and, and show you that the Shema is actually Christ-concealed. That is why the Islam people, they, they want to steal it and own it. Uh, well, it's a story for another day. Uh, so, men of Israel, verse 22, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested or approved by God, okay, to you. Okay, so when God approves a man, he does not approve him privately. Okay, he approves them, he approves him publicly. All right, to you by number one miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know him. Okay, before we continue, all right, I need to say something. There's something that is very, very important that we must learn about God. All right, when God presents, or when remember the children of Israel. Okay, when they were in Egypt, for instance, they were in Egypt for 400 years under Pharaoh and they were in slavery and all of that, right? And God heard their cry. And when God heard their cry, he, he came down to, to rescue them. So we are seeing a picture of salvation that is going to take place in, in, in that, in that uh, or during that time in Egypt. What I want you to note is the fact that when... Um, when Moses wrote the Torah, he wrote it at a later stage, all right? And then what these people had, actually, from the beginning, it was not the complete Torah, okay? It was the portion uh, of that particular Torah that they used as the law of Moses, okay? But what I'm trying to say is, uh, it is possible that they never had any Bibles in their hands in Egypt, okay? They did not know who this God is. Right. Hence the use of the name like Lord, which refers to uh, Adonai. Okay, Adonai means a master of particular slaves. Right. Adonai means a landlord. All right. So when Moses met with God and God started to ask, I mean Moses started to ask God, uh, "Whom shall I say that has sent me?" And God says, "Our I am." whatever that you say I am. Because Moses knew that in Egypt there were gods and these gods had names, okay? And these gods were, were just like masters, okay? So another study will show you actually if you can do historical account on the book of Exodus that when God sent those 10 plaques, they were actually a replacement or something to counteract uh, with against those particular ten gods that were famous in Egypt, they had names. Okay, they, I wish we had time and do that. They had names, and then now God is sending Moses, and uh, and these people, uh, 
Moses, when he gets to those people, he can't just say, Jehovah has sent me. Because to them, they don't know uh, Jehovah, the Almighty. They want to know about God. That is why he has to put Lord. You know, the second part where Moses engages God, in whom uh, would I say has sent me, and God says, I'm the Lord God. So, uh, Jehovah Adonai. Right? Yahweh Adonai. So there has to be that element of them understanding that this person that Moses is talking about is still a master. Okay, because that was their mentality. They had to submit to a master. They loved the master, but that master had to be powerful. So here's the thing. When God presents himself uh, on mankind, okay, he does not just come. Actually, we are, he presents himself in action. Okay, he's a God of acts. Okay, we read about it in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. The first thing we know about God that in the beginning God created. So he appears as a God who creates. Okay, he appears with an axe. Okay, and those acts, within those acts there are miracles. Within those acts there are this creation. Okay, which is something that is very powerful. But when God manifests himself on earth, I want you to note this. Just get it right. Just understand it. God manifests himself with actions. He does something. Okay? And when he does something, and then, you know, we get to see his authority, his power. All right? And then his authority will introduce us to his presence. Meaning now we get to understand or to distinguish or to have a distinction uh, of the other gods and this particular God that we serve. So the presence of God is very is very very crucial in a church in the life of a believer because that is how god actually decides to manifest himself even today when we sense his authority which comes through his word that's how god actually exercises uh, his his availability or his his godliness to us right and and also there's a, an element of control that god has I know other people, they call it sovereignty, okay? When God acts, when God manifests as the Lord God or as, as the master, he wants to reveal to us those three, um, three attributes, okay? He comes in a form of somebody who is sovereign, who is powerful than everybody. You know, when you talk about a sovereign Lord or the sovereignty of God, I know you might not find this word in your Bible, but when you talk about the sovereignty of God, we are talking about somebody who is absolute, somebody who has total control, somebody who is foremost, the most important, the one that um, cannot be even changed by prayer. Okay, uh, He cannot be moved by fasting. That's, that's God. That when He's sovereign, when He shows His sovereignty, uh, also, we can also experience evil. You know, we are talking about somebody who's got total control. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, I think it's chapter number 16, verse 33, somewhere there, the last verse. It says, you know, we cast a lot on your lap, all right? But it is the Lord that decides the end of it or the outcome. Okay, so Ujalamata is some type of a thing, you know, but the Lord decides uh, whether it's a crap something you know you know so that's how powerful god is when you talk about his sovereignty and i know other people will want to include the issue of predestination of which i've explained on sunday predestination does exist 
in this sense God foreknew, there's a verse actually where we read, God foreknew that Christ will be crucified. So there's a foreknowledge. All right, so predestination has to do with whether God knew whether I'll be here today or I'll be there tomorrow and things like that. But remember, predestination does not take away free will. Okay, and God knows on both sides whether you are on the evil uh, way or the good way. So he has predestination on both sides. If you decide to be evil, he knows where you're going to end. He knows what you're going uh, to be facing. And when you decide to be good and be born again and accepting the right way, he knows where you're going to end and stuff like that. So predestination uh, does not take away free will. All right. And that does not stop God from being sovereign. Okay. And when you talk about the sovereignty of God, Barcelona, we are not talking about... Uh, his power that can be questionable okay what happened with corona or what is happening with corona it is the sovereignty of the lord it is god who has allowed it and when the sovereignty of god manifests on earth both the good and the evil they are affected it's like god sending the plagues in egypt and then when he sends the plagues in egypt those plagues they're affecting both the israelites and the egyptians you know even though he has a plan that does not destroy the plan of salvation. The sovereignty of God does not destroy the authority that has been given through the word concerning his salvation. So even if God is sovereign, and when he's sovereign, he has decided that some things may happen to some people, but that does not mean he has changed his plans. Okay, That is why no matter how bad the corona can be, that does not change the plan of God that the bride of Christ must be purified. Uh, for his second coming right yeah so the sovereignty of god is total control okay that's how god shows or he manifests himself that's an action that god does he brings himself as a sovereign god as a god who creates and he does not question anyone he does not ask for permission to create man you know to create animals and the rivers and and the, all the solar systems and stuff like that so yeah God has total control. That is one aspect or attribute of his act, of him being the master, the Adonai. He's got total control. So that is why, you know, in, uh, in sovereignty, God wants to show that he's actually got the, the, the end part from the beginning, that he can do anything, that if he likes, he can actually destroy Egypt. That is why he sent the plagues. And they could not do anything until he sends his servants to do something about it. So the sovereignty of God shows the total control that he has over the universe. Okay? And that total control, when it manifests, or that type of power that manifests, it can affect both the good and the evil. Now, the second part of his lordship, okay, that is found on him being the master, showing, him, uh, showing us that he's the master, is the issue of authority. Okay, there's no master without authority. Now, authority is not something that is um, uh, might per se. Remember, the term authority is actually a legal term. Okay, the term authority is, is a legal term in a sense that um, uh, it's not really talking about uh, the power or the might of God, but it's talking about his right as God, okay, which is something that is very important. So, when God manifests also, okay, in terms of authority, okay, he's showing his right. That is when he hardens the heart of Pharaoh, okay? It's like God is trying to, 
to prove that even if your heart is the hardest, I will still allow my people, I still want my people to come out. And when they come out, I need you to be sure, to rest assured that it was not something that was doable with their own power. You know, so there's that part of, um, you know, the authority, uh, the authority of God. Okay. And the last thing, uh, the presence, like I said, when God visits his people or when he shows his lordship there's a level of presence that he brings okay their presence is very important so as a child of god okay we must look at the the we must have a world view on how god manifests himself in the world or in the universe he manifests himself as a sovereign God who has total control, number one. Two, after he has total control, he comes as a master who has authority, okay, who has rights. When the Bible says that uh, in the book of Matthew, okay, all power has been given unto me. The word power there is the word exosia, which talks about rights. It's also a legal term. God has given me all the rights, exosia. Right, so yeah, there's authority and then there's presence. Now I know as a church we love to entertain the presence of the Lord. Okay, hear me very well. We love the presence of the Lord and then we neglect his authority sometimes. We love the presence of God because that makes us feel like he is with us. Okay, but there's another presence that is actually not the manifestation type of a presence, but the presence that is actually the right of who he is you know when when we know that he's the eternal god when we know that he's omnipotent omniscient those are his rights like he, that is very powerful it's like we have a manual of who god is and when when you compare that manual to your own master you can see how my master can have you know, such powerful attributes is actually going to be overpowered. That's how God shows his authority. That's why we have the Bible, where we get to know his authority. And then we have his sovereignty, which is total control. When God takes total control of the earth, authority and presence. Now in presence, I know, as a Lord, I know we love the presence of God. I also love the presence of God. All right, the presence of God is... It's nice, man. We have we have different types of the manifestation of the presence of God in terms of His glory. Okay, we had Shekena, we had Kabod, and all of these names, Hebrew names and stuff. Uh, even the word, um, I think I was doing it on Sunday, uh, Genesis chapter number six, uh, when the Bible says that Noah found favor in the eyes of God. Okay, he found favor in the eyes. The word eyes there is the word presence. It means the presence of God. So that type of a presence is a type of a presence that can only warn one person. Okay, it's not fair. Okay, even though he has found grace, but remember it was Noah, Ham, Shem, Japheth, and their wives that actually got saved and some of the animals uh, that got saved. Um, that, that, that's a type of a presence that visits one person. When God, uh, the word Baniel, it's another word for the presence of God. When Moses saw God face to face, the word Baniel means the face. It's from the word presence in Hebrew, Baniel, it means the face. Uh, Moses saw God face to face, but he was still not satisfied. He still wanted to see him. So it's a type of a presence that will always draw you back again. Okay, You don't become satisfied. Okay, Then we have a Shekinah type of a presence of the glory where only one man had an access. 
all the other people could sense and see from a distance, but they never had a relation or an encounter with that particular Shekinah glory, which was actually a light in the whole of holies. The Bible says there was no window, and yet the light which came from the Shekinah glory gave actually light in that particular room. So, yeah, those are different kinds of prayers, but we have what God has promised us through Jesus Christ, which is what we call Emmanuel. Okay, I'm, I'm about to close. Emmanuel. Okay, God us or God with us. Okay, Emmanuel, God with us. The presence us. The presence that is not distinct from us. That is Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a presence that is like us. So when Jesus comes and he indwells us, Right? When you are looking for Jesus, you will actually find us. That is why in the garden, when he was about to be crucified, uh, they were looking for him. And they had to have Judas so that he can kiss him because that type of a presence, okay, that type of a presence, Emmanuel, the God that is with us. Okay? And he said, he shall never leave us nor forsake us. Okay? One day we'll talk about the presence of God. Yeah, we'll talk about the presence. Um, but what I wanted to say is that, okay, in my conclusion, I want us to touch only one verse there from verse 22, okay, Acts 2, 22. Uh, okay, when we read from verse 14, this is Peter standing with the 11. So we see um, uh, Peter standing with the 11. He, he never stood alone, okay. He stood with the, the other apostle, which is the law of first among equals. That's what you call first among the equals. That we can all be apostles. We can all be preachers of the gospel. And we can all experience the same thing. We can all be in the same place. We can all be standing at that particular moment because of what God is doing in our time. But... Uh, it was Peter through the Spirit of God that actually the Bible says he shouted he raised his voice okay he raised his voice uh, to the crowd all right now in our generation we have men who are raising voices to the crowd but they have nothing to say or to confirm and to affirm what the scriptures are saying all I'm saying is we are first among the equals. There are those who are first among the equals amongst us. There are those that God has chosen to speak in such a time. And we must not feel jealous. The other 11 apostles, they never interrupted Peter, uh, Peter's uh, presentation. All right? There's a time for everything. The problem that we have is competition. All right? Is that Peter is going to outshine Matthew. He's going to outshine so and so. So I'd rather also speak along with him. There are days and there are instances, there are, there are glories, there are levels in glory or in the presence of God or in our walk with God where God allows a man or he raises a man amongst us who's a Peter, the unlearned one. Okay, there could be other apostles like Luke who are learned that were there, but they never stood that day because they never had a message. Okay, so first among equal does not mean that you are greater than the other apostles. Just because God has given you a message for that particular day does not mean that you are greater than the apostles. 
right? So first among equal, it means for that particular moment, you have a revelation, you have an illumination, you have a confirmation from the Spirit of God confirming what was written in Scripture, all right? Which is very important. So he quoted the whole prophecy of the book of Jewel, which is a story for another day. But I want us to dwell here uh, in verse number 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, okay? He says Nazareth because he wants them to see that this Jesus did not just come from the sky. He was a native man, he was a natural man, right? And he says, a man attested or approved by God to you. You know, like I said, when God approves a man, he does not approve him secretly. God does not approve you in your private space. God approves you publicly. Okay, approved by you by miracles, okay, by wonders and signs. Okay, so these are the three things that God uses to approve a man. Okay, He uses Jesus as the total uh, 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 standard of comparison, like I said. Right, so He's using Him, He's approving Him by miracles. The word miracles there it means dynamis, okay, means power, it has to do with. Jesus, you know, healing the sick, healing the leprosy, and all of those things. All right? Healing, healing people, laying hands on the sick, and uh, doing the miracles. The miraculous is the word dunamis there. It means power, it means strength. Okay? So, in our walk, when God is actually uh, uh, using us, there has to be a dynamis, which is actually the word dynamite. There has to be something that explodes in the level of your ministry or in your walk with God in your ministry. There has to come a time where your ministry explodes, where your ministry is touching lives like never before. You know, the word uh, dynamis, it is not necessarily the issue of healing the sick, raising the dead. Yes, there's the type of a power of explosion. Okay, but also must understand it in a sense of it being dynamic. Okay, being dynamic comes in a long way. Okay, comes in many ways rather. You know, so God must confirm you through signs and wonders. And I'm not taking away raising the dead. I'm not taking away uh, opening the eyes of the blind. Okay, but what I want you to know here is that when God approves a man. Okay, he'll actually use Jesus. And this Jesus cannot be uh, isolated. Okay, it can be. So when God wants to, to, to um, approve a man today, he, you must first understand uh, the things that Jesus has done. You must believe in his miracles. And then when God, uh, when you believe in his miracles, the Bible says, whatever that you pray for, that you desire, it shall be imparted. I believe in miracles. Miracles are still happening, but it is a prerogative of God. It is a prerogative of the Holy Spirit to do those miracles. Don't put yourself under pressure to do a miracle. If you can't perform a miracle, it's not, it's not, it's not uh, uh, an abomination. Okay, in my own life, in my ministry, I can count the miracles that I've done. I actually did one miracle since I was born again. Okay, and I don't want to lie and, and put that on the post and say I'm moving in signs and wonders and miracles. I only did one miracle and I did not know how it happened, but it was by the grace of God. Two, 
he approved him um, by the wonders, the miracles, wonders. Okay, the word wonders from the word terrace. Okay, which talks about the protege. Okay, the protege. Now, the protege is somebody who is a son, who is an exact replica of the father, but who has extraordinary qualities. You know, Google or you know this word from the Hebrew, and they are using it to the kids that are actually talented in music or extra talented in something that is more extraordinary compared to other kids. Okay, so that particular type of a person is a protege. But a protege is somebody who is highly, highly gifted. Okay, and uh, that protege uh, sentiments, they're always aligned to, to something that is within. It's not like the dunamis power that comes by the Spirit of God, comes upon you, then you begin to heal men. Okay, the protege is something that you are gifted from within. It's something that uh, comes from within going outside. Okay, has to do with your talents, has to do with your giftings. Okay, so Jesus was that type of a person. He moved in signs and wonders. Okay, when you talk about the wonder, we are talking about something that astonishes. Okay, something that you can't even trace. How did it's not like magic because magic you must perform. But a wonder, it, it has a beginning, it has an end. It's something that astonishes and that can only drive us to a point where we can only praise God. All right? So all of these signs, uh, uh, okay, I'll come to that. The miraculous wonders and signs, the purpose of these things or these affirmations from a man of God is so that when men have an encounter with God, they can only say, blessed be the name of the Lord. They can, they can come to a place where they want to praise God. So the last sign because of time is, or the last approval, is a sign, okay, which is a mark. Okay, the word simia, okay, which is an indication, is either by ceremony. You know, in, in the New Testament, they've been looking for signs. Actually, throughout the Bible, what is a sign of the end time? What is a sign, um, you know, in a lot of things. Uh, uh, the Bible says that the, shape, the shepherds, they had to go to Nazareth, and then the baby in the manga is actually a sign that he's the one, he's the Messiah. So people in the olden days, they, they relied on the marks. Okay? That is why Jesus, um, or rather uh, Thomas Didymus, when he met Jesus, he wanted to see his hands because there were still the marks on his hands that he was crucified. Okay, so that talks about the signs that Jesus had signs, the things that he suffered, he still carried with him even after resurrection. So he's approved of God. And what is the wonder that Jesus carried? He was raised from the dead. Okay, the Bible says the spirit that lives in you, that is within you, has raised Christ from the dead. It has went to the sepulchre, it has went to the tomb and raised him. That is why I'm saying the wonder is something that starts from within and coming out outside. So, so something like that. The Spirit of the Lord went into the tomb and raised Jesus out of the grave. Then the miracles are those, are those healings that Jesus performed. You know, those healings, uh, you know, making the deaf to hear, the mute to speak, and all of that. that is, that's what Jesus is doing. So his actions are more... On, on miracles, what he did, okay, and the wonder is who he was, right, and the sign is what he has become, right, so thank you for listening, um, yeah, 
the things that you do who you are okay it should be a wonder it should be a wonder uh, how you do things how you live by faith okay even if you have money even if you don't have money even if you have a church or no church but a life of a christian is a is a life that is full of wonders people must always wonder all right you live a life a resurrected life things of this world must not affect you you must easily be you must be easily you know forgiving you know you you must be like god you must be a wonder you must be different okay the type of a presence that you carry must present you to god as somebody or to people as somebody who's you know full of wonders right you must have the signs paul says i bear the marks of the cross what have you suffered for the gospel what have you suffered so the things that you suffered for the gospel who you have become in the wonder which is has to do with your your character all right and the miracles the things the wonderful things that you do for god the dynamite inside of you okay those are the things that approve of your ministry by god okay when you are dynamite in your ministry when there's an explosion in your ministry when there's a wonder like people are wondering how you are doing it and we can see it's not by might not by power but by the spirit of god then we know you're on the right track where there are marks the things that you have suffered for the gospel god bless you uh, may he keep you and cause his face to shine upon you uh, may you experience revival may you experience restoration if you've been listening to this uh, podcast and you have run out of strength i pray that god may give you new strength i pray that god may give you new sight i pray that god may give you umph, the power the energy the zeal okay the zeal to do his will may you be consumed with the zeal may you be the sent one of the lord may you be quickened by the spirit of god may the fire of the holy spirit be upon you and within you like fire shattered in your bones something that you can contain something that you can control let the galley of god the calling of god the galley or the call of god like some will come upon you even as you listen to this podcast and begin to work for god if it's missionary work if it's evangelistic work may you see the hand of god may you hear god afresh forgive people forgive people forgive people reconcile with people walk together how can two walk together unless they agree seasons are coming back seasons of power seasons of restoration seasons of the manifestation of the glory of god in your ministries and in your personal life may god be with you thank you father for these people in jesus mighty name thank you for listening basics god bless you amen